Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. morning, friends. It's nice to see you all. I, you know, I'm just, I want to thank you, Lisa, for sharing this morning. That was a great word. I, I've, I think that's just so true. One of the things I, I've noticed the last couple of years, you, we stay home more because of COVID, and then you get used to staying home more. And that becomes your new rhythm, is just to stay home. And part of that is good, right? We're going, I'm getting used to doing Zoom meetings with a shirt and sweats, right? And so you, you kind of get in that groove of, well, this, this is working just fine. But you forget that you lose that touch with people. So a uh, good word. And I would just uh, say yes, amen, and encourage you guys in the same way. Uh, connect. Connect with your friends. And uh, yeah, like Lisa said, anybody, go talk to the cashier at the grocery store. That's fine. I actually sometimes have some great conversations with folks like that. So um, this morning, we're continuing in a little series that we've been doing titled Women in the Word. Uh, Much of Scripture is written from a patriarchal perspective. It's, uh, I guess, in the vernacular, that would be a man's point of view. Culturally, in the ancient Near East, women uh, were marginalized much in the same way that any number of different minority groups would be marginalized today. And so again, you know, I I felt it was, it was important maybe just for me, but maybe for us, but certainly timely to do a series that really highlighted women and women's contribution to the history, to biblical history and the history of our faith. Uh, so thus far, we have looked at uh, Sarah, uh, at Rahab, and then most recently at Ruth. Last week we talked about Ruth. Ruth was a rebel. She, she, uh, she cut against the grain a little bit. She was very confident. She was a strong woman, and in many ways was ahead of her time. She would have done well in the Me Too movement, I think. So this morning, we're going to shift our focus to the New Testament. And uh, I want to look not only at some of the notable women in the New Testament, but at some of Jesus's interactions with them. Because what we see culturally, again, is that women had no voice. They had no no real role, no place. in society, and that sh- that stands in fairly sharp contrast to to Jesus' interactions with them, uh, where where he gives them a voice. J- Jesus went out of his way; it was his norm to uh, to reach out to and to connect with marginalized people. We see Jesus uh, moving towards the poor. We see him moving towards 
the sick and, and specific lepers who were outcasts in society. We, we, we see Jesus even moving towards the dreaded Samaritans and also, of course, women. Um, he, Jesus was um, much like Ruth in the sense that he was not constrained by social norms. Uh, J- Jesus didn't give a rip about being PC. He didn't give a rip about any social construct. You know, as Christians, um, I think throughout life, one of our goals, we say, I want to be more like Jesus, right? We sing that. Don't we have a song? Make me like you, Lord. There's probably a couple songs like that. I want to be more like Jesus. That's the goal. As I've been thinking about it last, uh, this week in specific, but just this, throughout this series, I've realized that's one of the ways I, I really want to be more like Jesus. To, to not care about uh, social expectations. Uh, to, to be able to walk and live in, in life and in the path that uh, I believe God has called me to without worrying about what that looks like. Not have to try to keep up with the Joneses. You know, young people today uh, to, to, to say, it's okay. If I, if I choose to stay single longer, that's okay. If I, if I, if a, if a young couple says, you know, we choose not to have children, that's okay. That's their decision to not pursue the American dream to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to live below my means that I might have more resources to share with others and to, and to contribute to kingdom values and live in a kingdom perspective. I think those are, those are things that are, uh, outside the box of kind of social construct as an older person to be able to say, you know, now I've got this, this extra time on my hands that I didn't have, you know, throughout the rest of my life. So I want to do something constructive with that. I want to, I want to use that to serve others, not just to play golf. There's a, uh, we have a, a gal named Gail that helps at our food pantry every week. Gail doesn't attend church here. Um, she is in her, 70s and she's in her late 70s and has more energy than should be allowed for anybody and uh, Gail is here every Thursday with a smile on her face and and works in our pantry and uh, it's just a joy to have her around and uh, you know as I've gotten to know her over the last few months and talked a little bit guess what she does on the other days of the week. Yeah, she goes and serves at other pantries because that's how she chooses to use her time. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's profound, really, to think of, you know, what she could be doing, but what she chooses to do. So this morning, I want to look at not one, but two women, actually. They are sisters. Of course, uh, that would be Mary and Martha, the... I guess, best-known sisters uh, in Scripture. Uh, Mary and Martha experienced, uh, went through what I think we would, we would call, generally speaking, sibling rivalry. Okay, they didn't always see eye-to-eye on things. Uh, you know, having raised two girls who were very close in age, I find that to be sort of strange. That never happened in our house. There were never any arguments, never any hassles or fights over clothing or anything like that. That just, it was, you know, it was perfect harmony all the time. 
No, it was not. <laughs> I love my girls and they get along wonderfully today, much better than they did as teenagers. Um, I want to take a look real quickly at Mary and Martha's file before we get into it. So let's go to the next. We have a little uh, background on each of our gals that we've been looking at. Mar- Martha was the eldest of three siblings. Um, they were three adult siblings that shared a home together. Uh, Martha being the eldest, she managed their home. Uh, she was very hardworking. She was hospitable, uh, welcomed people in. And she was also very direct. She would say it like it is, didn't pull punches. All right, let's look at Mary. Mary was the younger sister, very different uh, personality. Mary was very passionate. She loved deeply and extravagantly. She was contemplative, uh, probably more focused on prayer and worship and that sort of thing, maybe uh, at least in the traditional sense than her sister. And she was not really concerned what others thought about her. And so we can see that um, these these two uh, ladies were, were really very different than one another. So why don't we go ahead and just pray and then we'll take a look at their story. Father, thanks for uh, giving us uh, insight into uh, the different women that really did contribute to our history as followers of Jesus. Uh, we, we love that. We love your word. We love learning and growing uh, in your word and becoming more like you in every way. In your name we pray. Amen. So, Uh, The story of Mary and Martha is uh, recounted for us uh, in both John and Luke. Uh, We're going to look at Luke today, but I want to begin with just one verse from the Gospel of John. John uh, makes a little parenthetical statement to kind of help explain some things that I think is, is good for us. So let's look at John real quick. So John tells us, again in parentheses, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So, so uh, Mary was the sister of Martha. Lazarus was the brother that they lived with. And she was the same one that did that, which is, is helpful because there are a number of Marys in the New Testament. There is, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, who we don't confuse often. Her story is pretty separate. But I think it's, it's fairly common to confuse Mary, the sister of Martha, with Mary Magdalene. They're two different people. And I think sometimes that scene is ascribed uh, to Mary Magdalene when it was not Mary Magdalene, in fact, was Mary, the sister of Martha. So with that as a little bit of context and a little bit of insight into who Mary was, let's go ahead and look together at Luke. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Go ahead and go one more. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Okay. Uh, Context. Uh, we've said many times before, is important. So the context of this passage is really a mission. 
That's the context. At the beginning of this chapter, if you, if you, and I would encourage you maybe to go read it in context later. We won't take the time to do it right now. But at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus sends out 72 of his followers uh, to, to go and really spread the word about him. He gives them some instructions. He says, hey, look, if people open their home to you, if they welcome you, then stay. If they don't, shake the dust off your feet, move on, go to the next place. Uh, but, but go do it. So his purpose is, of course, expanding the kingdom. He now is extending the opportunity to do that beyond himself, beyond the 12, to this larger group of people. He's sending them out. And I think it's important for us to know this, that there were, among that group of people that went out, a number of women. women. And I want to go back just a little bit, two chapters in Luke, to chapter 8, to uh, get that. So this is just before... The passage we read, Jesus traveled uh, about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene. So Mary Magdalene was traveling with Jesus. Mary and Martha were in a home that they visited. Um, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. And so uh, Luke identifies for us that women were a very integral part of Jesus' mission and his ministry. Uh, they were helpful on multiple levels. Um, I think that that, that's important for a couple of reasons, but in, in our context today, it's important because uh, in a group like that, there obviously would be different people who had different roles, different gifts. We understand that in ministry today, right? Uh, not everybody is called to teach kids. Not everybody's called to do any one thing, and that's why we complement one another. So within that group, there would be both men and women who would have different gifts and take care of different uh, things that needed to be done. And, and so sometimes, sometimes when we look at the story of Mary and Martha, I think we, and, and I, I've heard it taught this way any number of times, you come away with the impression that, that, that uh, Martha really just didn't get it, okay? She, she, she missed the point, uh, you know, which has always bothered me because uh, personally, I identify with Martha more than Mary. I like to cook. I like to clean. I, I like to uh, get things ready to have people over. I like to prepare stuff. I like to create space for people to gather and have a good time. That's what I like to do. Uh, so, and, and I'm really, uh, you know, the true confessions, I'm not really a contemplative. Sitting and being quiet uh, is hard for me. I, I, I cannot honestly, uh, on my own, sit and pray. Uh, okay, I have to walk and pray. I have to go out. That's what I do. I buy our house. There's a trail. I walk and pray because I, I can't just sit and pray. It's just too hard. I, I, don't, I don't like to do that. It, it doesn't work for me. So I identify with her. Um, it appears as though, you know, the, the uh, 12 disciples, I, I believe here, uh, are, are with the 72 that went out. 
So everybody is gone now, and it's Jesus alone. At least it appears that way. I'm going to read between the lines a little bit today. Not everything is super clear, but it appears to me as though uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were friends of Jesus. He had pre-existing, he knew them, pre-existing relationship with them. Everybody else goes out to, to share the word, and Jesus says, I'm going to go visit my friends. And so he's by himself when he goes to their house. They... they uh, as mentioned, they live together in this home that it's implied that it's, it's Martha's house. Okay. Uh, Luke tells us that Martha opened her home to him. Okay. So whether or not it's her home, she owns it outright or not. I, we don't know for sure. It appears that way. Certainly she seems to be in charge. She's, she's running the house. Okay. Um, Jesus had told his followers, again, remember, if they welcome you in, stay. And so he goes, and what does Martha do? She opens her home, welcomes him in. Um, now, we're told in Luke that, that Martha had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had to say. But that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And that's, that's the point where very often, I think, Martha kind of gets thrown under the bus. Sort of like, well, look at Mary. She gets it. She understands. She has opened her heart to Jesus and is hanging on every word where, where Martha is running around, preparing food, getting things you know, you know, cleaned up in the kitchen or whatever. She, she's just doing stuff, and she's not really paying the full attention to Jesus that she should be. Um, so I want to dig into that a little bit. So we'll do something that we love to do around here. And that is next slide, please break for Greek. Um, from time to time, we will take a look at the Greek, uh, word in scripture because sometimes the English, uh, translation of that word doesn't always convey, uh, what it originally intended very well. And that's, nobody's fault. I'm not blaming the uh, translators. It's just that sometimes there's not a direct correlation, so they do their best. Um, in this particular case, I think this, in, it, for me, the light came on. And it changed my perspective on this whole story when I, when I looked up this word. So go ahead and go to the next slide. I want to look at the... Uh, so the, the word preparations there, or in some versions, uh, it says tasks. She was distracted by the preparations or tasks that had to be done. The word is diakonia, which means service or ministry. Uh, it's, it, it's more specifically waiting at a table or in a wider sense, service or ministration. Now, this is where it gets good. It's ministry, active service, done with a willing and voluntary attitude. And then the bottom line, for the believer... Diakonia ministry specifically refers to spirit and power service guided by faith. So Mary was distracted by her ministry that was a spirit empowered service guided by faith. Mary was doing her mission. She was doing her ministry. This is what she did. This is what she was called to do. Something else that I realized that I'd never really realized before as I was reading. Mary 
doesn't respond. Okay. Now I'm thinking of these two sisters and quite honestly, I was thinking of my two daughters and I'm thinking if somebody says something like that or does something like that, sister is going to come in hot and fast. There's going to be a little dialogue, but there's no dialogue. Mary doesn't respond. Why doesn't Mary respond? Somebody tell me. Martha, okay, whatever. She, this is why. She's, she doesn't respond because she's not there. I don't think she's there. I think she's probably in her prayer closet, praying, worshiping, doing whatever she does. What does Martha say? She's left me. She's not here. She's left me to do all the work. I don't think Mary's even there. So I have a very different take on this than I, I think I've ever had before, maybe than you've ever heard before. I, I don't think Jesus is rebuking Martha for doing her ministry at all. This is what I think Jesus, did it go bad? Look at that. Gosh, technology is not our friend. I think Jesus is rebuking Martha. Her distraction is what Mary is not doing. She's doing something and she's upset because her sister is not doing what she's doing. Has anybody ever felt that way? Yeah. That's where it, that's where it all makes sense. I'm doing this. Why aren't they helping me? It all makes sense to me. See, I think this in any healthy community, in any healthy community, there are going to be people called to do all kinds of different things. It's human nature for us to want other people to do what we do. It just is. It's just the way we're wired. But, it, but, but that's not the way it works. That would not be healthy. That wouldn't work. Okay. If everybody was called to be a Sunday school teacher and teach the kids, nothing else would get done. If everybody was called to be a worship leader, nobody would set up the chairs. In, in any community, there are people called to do all those different things. There's people called to teach, people called to lead worship, people called to set up chairs. There are people that are called to pray. Some people, that's their gift. They're, they're prayer people. They're intercessors, we call them. And, and that's what they're called to do. And you know what? Let me tell you about that. The, the problem with that is this, that chances are good, those people that are called to pray, that no one ever sees them do that. So what might other people think about them? Well, so-and-so, she never does anything. Yeah, well, she spent eight hours praying for you yesterday, buddy. That's the thing. See, that, that's, that's our, our human mindset. So here, here's the thing. This is what I concluded, and, and you can disagree. I don't think that Jesus rebukes Martha f- for what she's doing at all. Uh, I, I think in his mind, let her do what she does and let Mary do what she does. I think he's only saying, don't be distracted by what, what you're doing and what she's not doing. Don't let that be a distraction to you. Pour your heart into it. Do, do what you do. Do what you do. And, and, and just let it, let it be. I think that's the heart of this text. So that's nice. We have a lot of ladies here today. Women, I want to talk to you for a minute. Can I talk to the gals for a minute? Guys, you can listen in. But um, look, let me, let me say this. If you are called, if, if you are called to 
be at home and raise children, then do that with your whole heart. Okay. If, if you are called to go into the marketplace and to lead and to do boss girl stuff, then go do that with your whole heart. Do it. Okay. Do that. If you're called to serve and do ministry and do missions, do that with your whole heart. I've talked to you guys about Jackie Pullinger today, but I, when I was prepping this week, I really, she came to my mind. Jackie Pullinger is, is a gal who uh, I've had the opportunity to get to know and, and meet, you know, over the years. And she was a young, single British woman uh, who felt called to, to minister to heroin addicts in a place called the Walled City in Hong Kong. The Walled City is a neighborhood. It's a high-rise neighborhood, a small geographic area, just a few blocks, but goes up in, in the middle of Hong Kong, and it's, it's a lawless zone. It's, it's basically controlled and run by, by heroin addicts and criminals, and basically the police don't go in there. They just said, forget it. As long as they stay in there, we'll let them do their thing. And so this young uh, single British woman feels called to go minister to these heroin addicts in the walled city. So she goes to several different missions agencies to try to get them to help her go there and do this. And guess what? Nobody would send her. No, you can't do that. You can't go there. We cannot, with good conscience, send a young, single, pasty white British woman into the walled city of Hong Kong. It's just not going to happen. So what does Jackie Pullinger do? She gets on a boat and goes to Hong Kong and goes into the walled city. She starts ministering to people. That was in 1966. She was 22 years old. She's still there. She's still there. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do what God put in your heart to do. You can do whatever God puts in your heart to do. Be faithful to that. Walk in that. Live that out. There, there is, there's no limitation that, that society can put on what you feel called to do. But I would add this caveat. In doing that, don't be critical of those that aren't called to do what you're called to do. Let's let them do what they're called to do. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Look, at we get done early today. Is that good? Hey, Elijah, would you want to play a little bit for me? Oh, yeah. Would you, like, just come to my house and just sit and play guitar sometimes? Just, uh, you just sit there and play that guitar. Don't do it. You don't have to do anything. I'll feed you, you know. Yeah, I'll feed you. It was very pretty this morning. I love worship this morning. It's beautiful. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.